Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Allison Verhalen, who is a content marketer, SEO strategist, speaker, and author who basically fell into entrepreneurship uh, by accident and uh, has been loving every minute of it. So Allison, thank you very much for being on here today. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So yeah, I mean, I'd love to dive into this whole, uh, you know, I just got into entrepreneurship by accident because it's seemed like it was a happy accident, but it's it's usually a tumultuous one. So I'd love to know, you know, your story and how you got to doing what you're doing today. Yeah, it, it was happy and tumultuous at the same time. I So I always loved writing when I was growing up, always wanted to be a writer, was told that writers don't make any money and I should choose a more practical career. So I ended up majoring in English and psychology, turned out to be the perfect degree for content marketing, even though I had no idea what content marketing was, thought I wanted to work in publishing because I figured if I couldn't make a job writing books, maybe I could make a living uh, making books. So I was going to try to get a job in publishing. I think I did make a few attempts after graduation, but I graduated in 2009 right after the job market crashed. So there really were no jobs to be had in publishing or really anywhere else. So, you know, I answered phones for a few years, found myself between jobs at one point, and my roommate at the time, her dad, who was an attorney, was awesome and offered to give me stuff to do around his office until I got back on my feet. And one of the things he needed was someone to write blog posts for his law firm. And he knew I had a strong writing background. So he offered me the gig. I was more than happy to get paid to write because that was the dream as far as I was concerned. So I jumped at that chance, continued writing for him for years up until he retired a few years ago, started writing for an associate of his, then for some friends of mine. Did eventually get another day job, again, just answering phones. It was jo a job, it was not a career, but I kept writing on the side and the writing kept growing to the point where I just could not really do both anymore. So quit the day job back, I think, end of 2015 and have been doing this full time ever since. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, the like to some degree, yeah, obviously you wanted to be a writer the whole time, but it's like the of that story is like well the writing actually kind of chose you like it, it it forced you out of doing the other thing which is cool because it's, it's usually the opposite like people are like what should i do so they don't have to like do the nine to five or, or at least that's a lot of the guests that i've been on so i think it's kind of cool that this thing kind of pulled you and was like no give me more of you like we, we want more um well so number one like that it was that accurate as far as like your experience of it for sure yes okay perfect so yeah, in that case, I'd love to dive into um, what it is that you're experiencing today as far as uh, the challenges, because you clearly have this you know, vast experience. Obviously, there's a big passion with regards to this. People are searching you out to do this. So as far as like your business is concerned, what challenges are you running into? 
So I talked about, I mean, we've talked about mindset and the fact that that's the focus of this podcast. I think one of the things I've realized is that, like I said, when I was growing up, I was always told that writers don't make a lot of money. And I think that story is still in the back of my head and holding me back from making money, even when I, I have these goals and I've seen other writers make plenty of money. Like I know it's possible and I know that there is value in what I provide. But there's that story that I was always told growing up that that's still holding me back. Um, and then anytime someone says my prices are too high or that they they just don't see the value in what I provide, it kind of feeds into that narrative instead of, like I said, looking at the people who have paid me and are happy to pay me and the other writers that I've seen out there in the world who are making good money. Um, I for some reason, it just doesn't hit me as strong as as the the negative side of things. So there's a part of you that has seen the evidence and has like worked with people and like you said, publishing. So clearly like if somebody's getting their book made, then somebody's making money off of that book. So clearly authors do make money. So there's a part of you that knows that to be true intellectually, understands it, has seen the evidence of it, but then there's a stronger part of you that is like, well, that's true for them, but not true for me. So right. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. So that part of you that is louder, okay, if you were to tune into that part, would you feel that part somewhere in your body? Probably in my gut. In your gut. Okay. And are you okay if we dive into and explore that part a bit further? Sure. Okay. So that part in your gut, that is telling you these things like if you were to just verbalize everything that it's saying right now what might that be right now my gut is all like fluttery and excited probably partly because i'm on a podcast and i know i'm being recorded and other people are going to listen to this so i i think that is kind of playing into that um th that's really all i'm hearing right now so let's Let me see. It's it's taking me a moment to like actually access that part of my mm -hmm. my conscious or subconscious. Um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, um, knowing that I am a writer and having always been told that writers don't make any money. I think what I hear from my you know, internal self a lot is that you will never make any money and you will always be poor. And that's just the way life is going to go for you. Okay. So this goes beyond writing. Yeah. Okay. So you'll always be poor. You'll always, uh, or you will never make money. Okay. So, this really has nothing to do with writing. Writing is the vehicle through which you view and live the world. True. Um, and part of it might also be coming from the fact that, like I said, I did graduate right after the job market crashed. So even when I did have a day job, they weren't super well paying. <laughs> I I actually, especially in my, my job that I had before, I eventually quit to do the writing full time. 
I was using writing to supplement my income because if I had just been living on my salary, I would have been struggling more than I was. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's part of it. So writing, the thing that this part of you says you can't make any money off of was actually the thing that kept you afloat. Yeah, that's true. So it, it was the salvation you needed at the time of doing the thing that you're supposed to make money off of. Right. And what's coming up for you as I reflect that? But that's awesome. <laughs> sure. It, it, yeah, I was, um, I love that. Yeah, I think I just need to write that down and have that front and center every time I sit down to work. Okay. So why do you think it's like a stranger to recognize such an obvious fact? I think just because I haven't thought about it that way. But it was funny, like, as I was telling the story, that came up for me as well. Like, oh, w wait a minute. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I realized that writing was actually the thing that was helping me pay my bills and live the life I wanted to live. Correct. Yet, here we are, again, and even started this whole conversation with being like, like writing was the thing that pulled you out of your nine to five. People kept asking you to do writing. Yet, it's like, no, but like, I, I this is true for other people. It's not true for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why do you think that part is so adamant about blinding you from the evidence that not only can you make money from this, but it's actually been the more successful venture you've had career-wise? Probably because my, ever since I, I did take this full-time, my income has been so up and down. Um, and again, I mean, the fact that our brains have a negative bias, I do tend to focus more on the down than on the up. Um, and I do tend to focus more on the people who say that I'm charging too much rather than the people who say I'm not charging enough because I've had those conversations as well. So I think it's just a matter of focus and the fact that I really need to remind myself that, yes, there are people who value what I do. Lots of people who value what I do. They are not the exception. They are the rule. Okay. So in that case... The part of you that says, I will always be poor and I will never make money. That part, what's it say to what you just observed? I think there's almost a comfort in a weird way, not on a conscious level, but in a subconscious level. I think because I have always struggled to, you know, have enough to pay all my bills, um, that that's kind of like my baseline and that's where my subconscious is comfortable. And it's almost like having. Having enough money, having a surplus of money is so foreign to me that it's, um, I, I think there's a part of me that's backing away from that. Okay. Well, good observation. And what would be so threatening if you had triple the money that you had right now? I know, right? Um, I mean, n logically, nothing. Um, sure. Subconsciously, um. I don't know, just the fact that it's different, I think, is what, what gets my subconscious so freaked out. Um, I think there's part of me that kind of likes playing that game of how am I going to pay the bills and, you know, where's where do I have to put the money and where, what can I put off and how little can I get away with? It's, it's kind of a game um, 
that I kind of like playing, even though, again, on a conscious level, I don't want to play that game anymore. <laughs> okay, but there's a lot of significance in being able to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it surprising then that the results you're experiencing as far as like the inconsistency, as far as the charging of, you know, what you charge and what you look at, given the narratives that you display today? Yeah, no, it's not surprising at all. Okay. So in that case, you're very well aware, you, you articulated well, you're, you know, this is clearly not your first foray into looking at this. What do you think is the biggest challenge for you to actually change all this? Um, it might just be, I mean, like I said, I know that there are writers and women in business and, and entrepreneurs who have made a lot of money. Um, and I, I think it's very easy for me to look at what they're doing and say, that's okay for them, but that's not available for me. So just switching that narrative to understand that that is for me and that can be for me. That's really where I'm struggling right now. Okay. So when you tune into that piece, like this isn't actually for me, what comes up for you right now? Just low feelings of, or feelings of low self-worth. Like I don't deserve it. Okay. And why not? I don't know. I think that might come back to, again, listening too much to those people who don't value my services and tell me that what I'm charging is too high. Um, I think I'm buying into that more than I'm buying into the people who are happy to pay my prices. Okay. Um, but this isn't something that has just come up now since you've like been in business. This is something that you said, like, I always struggle to pay my bills. I've yeah. always been non-deserving of having more than enough to pay my bills. Hmm. I don't know, because like I said, when I had that last corporate job, I did again, used writing to supplement my income. So I did have enough. <laughs> and like, as soon as I had enough to be like comfortable between, again, I think I had just gotten a raise at work and I was doing pretty well with the writing. So I was making, I mean, not great money, but it was enough where I was comfortable. And that was the point at which I quit my day job to take the writing full time. So that was definitely scary to be like, what are you doing? You finally have enough money and now you're, you're, I don't know, rolling the dice. Um, so there, so and I'm trying to think again with the ups and downs. I have had times in my business where I do have enough to pay all my bills um, and then things get hard again. So it's just working on getting that consistency is something that I, I need to work on. Okay. So that kind of observation started off looking at the um deservingness right you were like mm -hmm. there's a part of me doesn't deserve that i actually need all of this money so where in your life experience like where have you experienced i'm not deserving not just of money but in general 
That's a good question. I don't know. The thing that I think of first is my family, um, who's very supportive and they're the reason I'm not on the street right now. Um, but they, they do kind of like use money as, as a tool and as a something to hold over your, your head. Um, so I, I think that's where that's coming from. Okay, great. And obviously, I mean, you don't have to share any specifics, um, you know, that you're not comfortable with. So to take this question as far, like I'm going to go as far and, and, you know, as you're willing to go. So you're in charge here. Um, that aspect of like using money to hold over your head, right? So clear there's something that has been happening throughout your life. Was this a way to really get you to act in a way that they were comfortable with or as a, when I say control, I don't mean like they're controlling your life, but like, you know, parents will do things to control their kids and, you know, they'll, they'll manipulate whatever they can manipulate. It's not malicious. It's just what they do. Uh, was that the dynamic that you experienced growing up? No, it's not that they control me, um, but there is, you know, teasing me, like the the way that they talk about um, my income and my current ability to make money. I don't want to tie that into my overall ability, but um, they tend to make it sound like I will never make any, any more money than I am currently making. Um, and, you know, when your parents say stuff, <laughs> you tend to believe that more than any sure, of it becomes the other your things. truth, right? Right. Like it becomes the truth right. through which you experience your life. And then it leads to kind of ripple effect truths, right? Writers don't make any money. I will always be poor. I will never make a lot of money. I like playing the game of being able to pay my bills with as least amount as possible, right? Like there's, there's ripple effects to that core viewpoint of I'm not deserving of money because I've heard it my whole life. So just before I go on, like, does that resonate with you? Yeah, that, that sounds spot on. Okay. So if you had to summarize that in a statement, like one sentence belief or, or one line belief, what's the one that resonates most with you? I, I think the one that comes up um, from a subconscious level is that I'm incapable of making more money, even though, again, on a conscious level, I know okay. I can make more money. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the, the more relevant part here is which is the subconscious part. So good, right. good awareness on that. So I'm not capable of making a lot of money. That That's the one that resonates with you? Yeah. Okay. So where in your life then? have you experienced i'm not capable of making a lot of money not just in like the, the writing that you're doing right now but like across mm -hmm. your whole life um i'm just writing this down as these things come to me so that's what's taking me a minute sure. um i'm sorry can you repeat the question so what experiences in your life got you to believe and see the truth that I'm not capable of making a lot of money? 
Well, like I said, having graduated in 2009, right after the job market crashed, the the day jobs I was able to get before launching my business did not pay very well. And there was a lot of stuff in the news, talking to my friends who graduated around the same time that we were all kind of struggling um, because a lot of my generation did struggle with that at that time. Um, and then as soon as we got comfortable, COVID hit. <laughs> and now there's there's a lot of stuff in the news about how hard it is. Um, and not that I'm like a huge news watcher or reader, but I do kind of keep tabs on what's going on. Um, there is a part of me that that tends to hear that and like to use that as an excuse to not make a lot of money. Um, so that's something that I've just started to be aware of and, and try to remain aware of and try to shift and know that something can be true for someone else, but not true for me, but use that in a good way, <laughs> not in the bad way, like I was talking about earlier. Okay. So if we put that as like evidence that confirms this belief that I'm not capable of making a lot of money, would that resonate with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not capable of making a lot of money. I know you intellectually understand that that's not true. Internally, however, how true does it feel on a scale of one to 10? Oh gosh, like an eight? Like an eight. Okay, perfect. So if you look at that, belief like i'm not capable of making a lot of money and instead of just looking at evidence of like that confirms that experience what are the earliest experiences you've had that point to that truth in your life to not being able to make money yeah so i'm not capable of making a lot of money you, you mentioned a lot of like say mid mm -hmm. to later experiences but really it's like evidence like mm -hmm. the market crashing COVID, like it's like evidence to support this belief but mm -hmm. what did you personally experience in your life that showed you the truth of that from like early on etc i don't know if there was too much early on in my life that showed me that i mean i always had an allowance growing up um, I did get a job when I was mm, 16, I want to say. Or was I 17? 16 or 17, I got a job. Um, and all of the money from that went straight into a savings account that went to pay for college. Um, and I was still getting a lot an allowance, so that was my spending money. And everything I made at my job was to go to college. Um, and that was really frustrating when I graduated and realized how little that actually covered. The fact that I had been working for two years and had like, I think it was like $3,000 saved. And it was like, well, this is not even gonna cover like one semester of tuition. Um, so that was frustrating. I mean, again, we got financial aid, I got loans, my parents helped pay for stuff. So I still went to college, it was fine. Um, but that was definitely a, a slap in the face. Okay. So the allowances, the job at 16, 17, working so hard for so little, having to get loans, having to get help. What was this resounding messaging of all of that, either from you internally or from other people, like your parents giving you an allowance or whatever? Yeah, that there's never enough. Okay. So by getting an allowance, being told I have to save all the money that I'm working hard for, I can't really 
seems like I can't use a lot of it for myself or the little bit that I did use for myself. It was from what was given to me. Then I had to get loans. Then I had to get help. There's an overwhelming messaging of there isn't enough. Mm -hmm. And throughout this whole time while you're growing up, the overarching message is one I'm internalizing. I'm not deserving of money. Money's always being used as this and you correct me if I'm wrong with terminology, but like some, like essentially like a bargaining chip mm-hmm. or like a teasing chip of like, what's going on? Why aren't you doing this? You can't do this, et cetera. Like, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember my dad giving me a hard time for not being able to. I'm trying to remember how exactly that played out because things were so different when he went to college. It was like actually affordable. Um and I want to say he had something worked out with his parents where like they paid tuition and he paid for the books or vice versa. Um, but again, he was able to work over the summer and make enough money to, um, and he didn't do like anything super high level over the summer. I think he worked at a steel mill or something. Um, but he made enough to be able to, to pay for his education. Um, it was just it was just a different world. But I, I do remember something snarky he said either when I was going to college or at, shortly after I graduated. Um, yeah, like he, I don't know, just thought I should have been able to chip in more than I than I should. Um, okay. So he thought, like he said something snarky and along the lines of you should have been able to make more because I made more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So could you see how constantly growing up with that sort of attitude, and I know it's not malicious, I'm not even going there, it's just that that's what's presented, right? Could you see how that can create evidence that I'm not capable of making a lot of money? Yeah, yeah. Well, and there were always those comments like money doesn't grow on trees, and I know he worked really hard when I, you know, still works hard to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there was always this, um, you know, again, value of, of hard work, but also this idea that money is requires hard work, that it has to be hard to come by. Yeah. So are there alternative interpretations? Like if you could time travel right now to your younger self experiencing all of this, are there inter- alternative interpretations of what happened during those times? Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, I got that job easily enough um, and I got babysitting gigs and I I forgot I made money that way too. I was always babysitting throughout high school. Um, Yeah, and the fact that we did get financial aid and we got loans, so they're... So those are things that happened, right? Right. The question is... There's also you... evidence that money was available. Okay. So one alternative interpretation is that money was available and it was available to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Yeah, I worked, by the time I got to be a senior in college, I was working like three jobs. (laughs) So I was able to like pay my part of tuition, pay for all my books and still have spending money. So that was nice. Okay, so 
that's what happened, right? Which is also what like is cumulatively led to the original belief of I'm not capable of making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it just gets more specific. Like if you look at something specific like my dad's snarky comments, mm-hmm. right? That to you felt like an experience that over time created the belief, like I'm not capable of making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go back and time travel and look at your younger self experiencing the snarky comments, what might be an alternative interpretation you might pass down to yourself from what you know now? Hmm. That it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be what way? That money doesn't have to be hard to come by. And I don't have to rely on other people for it. And would that interpretation have like sufficiently suffice for your younger self when your dad was making snarky comments? Or is that more what you believe right now or want to believe right now? Yeah, no, I think that's really getting to the root. of my issues i think that would have helped my younger self okay so which of you specifically like what do you mean like tell me more about that just this idea of not having to rely on other people for money okay tell me more about that um just the fact that my dad has always supported me you know financially and and other ways um But yeah, then it, it feels like like I need that support. And it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, capable of having this abundance from my own talents and my own work. Like it's not coming from me, it's always coming from someone else. And I, I think that's affected how I approach sales conversations now that I'm running my own business, which gets back to I'm not capable of making money because there's, you know, running your own business is its own thing. Um, And again, even though I've seen other women in business, other people successful in business, there's this belief that like, I can't do it. Um, So that also feeds into some of the struggles that I have in running my own business and getting a consistent income. Um, But coming back to the having to rely on other people, Yeah, it feels like I'm not in control of money. Like you like you said, it's like money just happens to me. <laughs> so great awareness and great realizations. And just to kind of keep it on point, if you take that realization and bring it back to like where it was triggered from. So my dad is making snarky comments that I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to be capable of making a lot of money. This is the, you know, top end ceiling that I can have. Yet I realize behind that, there's also a pattern of, well, 
I am relying on whatever you want to call it, an authority figure, a loved one, some external source is the source of my money. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the part of you that got the allowance always stuck to the fact that like I need an allowance. Somebody needs to like grant me the money. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate or not? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what about that resonates for you? Um, I think, I mean, the fact that I'm still relying on my dad for, you know, to, to pay all my bills. Um, and then the way that I approach sales conversations still feels like I'm relying on other people to give me money instead of thinking about what I'm providing for them and the value that that has. Um, yeah, it still feels like I'm asking them for a favor. Right, because you're not capable yourself of making any money. Right. Okay. So going back to this then, right? One alternative interpretation I ask you. So when your dad was making snarky comments or you were living through all of this, one interpretive interpretation you had, if you could time travel back to yourself then was, right? I'm not, like, I don't have to rely on other people for money. Okay. Are there any other alternative interpretations of that time and that dynamic? Yeah, I think it goes back to being capable. So I, I would want to tell my younger self that I am capable of making money on my own. Okay. So would your younger self have believed you then? Yeah. Okay. Why? I remember again on a conscious level, and I feel like on a subconscious level, I must have internalized what my parents were saying, but I remember thinking when they were telling me this stuff that like, no, I'm the exception. <laughs> I'll be the writer that, that makes a million dollars because I'm the exception to the rule here. Got it. Okay. So there was a part of you that recognized that, but it just got shut down because you accepted a different voice. Right. Okay. So could an alternative interpretation of all of those experiences have been, I didn't listen to my own voice. I listened to somebody else's voice. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at that, the cumulative experience of the messaging that you received growing up, right? It's obvious why, like, I'm not capable of making a lot of money, felt like an eight out of 10 truth for you. You just did a little bit of, you know, quote unquote, time travel and came up with, what, three or four different interpretations of that time. So one was money was, was available to me and what was available to me, actually, I was the one that took it, right? I was not relying on anybody for that money when I did get the babysitting job and the other jobs or whatever. That was, that was me. Okay. I experienced that I am capable of actually making my own money. And during that time, not even additional term interpretation, but there was a part of me that was like, hey, this messaging that I'm getting from my parents, that's your truth. It doesn't have to be my truth. 
Okay. Those alternative interpretations, does any of them resonate the most? Like out of those four, does any of them like this is the most clearest one or they're all kind of the same? Yeah, that last one that something can be true for someone else that does not have to be true for me. That one really resonates. Okay. And does that feel as true or truer than the original? I'm not capable of making a lot of money. It feels truer. It feels truer. So if the other one was an eight out of 10, what would this one be in terms of how true it feels? I mean, at the moment, it feels like a four. I feel like it was a lot higher at the beginning of this conversation than it okay. is now. Perfect. So it feels like a four. So intellectually, I understand that it's truer that I can be the source of this, but internally, it feels like a four. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a great realization um which just means like and this is many times the interconnected nature of all of these mm -hmm. which is there's like another part another narrative now that is really about self-trust mm. right because if the source of like i'm not capable of making a lot of money is coming from listening to these voices that are authority voices or external voices and i'm prioritizing that over my own but I realize that my voice is actually truer. Yet when I begin to take ownership of it, like I drop in terms of my confidence to actually own it, that comes down to self-trust, that comes down to confidence, that comes down to those, right? So that would require some deeper digging. So number one, how does all that land for you? Yeah, I, I think that really hit um, when you talked about self-trust. Okay, perfect. And if you look at, I'm not capable of making a lot of money right now, does it still feel like an eight out of 10 true or has that changed? Yeah, no, that's gone down. To what? To like a four. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty good. Like a four point decrease in how true this belief that's actually keeping you, you know, making a lot less than you are, right? Like, making you surviving has dropped quite significantly yeah okay so i think the deeper part here to work on is for that to drop down to like a one or two which is generally where you can begin to assume that like this belief is gone the deeper part of it why it's hard to let go is the self-trust is missing because i'm not able to make a lot of money that could be its own belief but with it entangled especially for you is also i don't trust myself to have the capability the competence the ownership whatever it is to actually execute and make a lot of money right so how does that land for you yeah yeah that feels true okay so i know that's a much deeper discussion now to go down into and kind of follow the threads here um and beyond the scope of like what it is, you know, that we can get to today. Um, but overall, like, does that feel complete for you? Or is it something left outstanding, at least as far as like mapping this out? Yeah, no, that feels good. Okay, fair enough. So if you could just summarize then in your own words, what did you come into here? Uh, thinking it was like, was the business issue? And then what were any highlights, takeaways, or aha moments as a result of the conversation? 
Um, well, the aha moments that I write, wrote down were that writing actually kept me afloat when my salary could not pay the bills. So this idea that right, I can't make money with my writing, that turned that on its head. Um, and then those realizations that, I don't think it's a self-worth issue for me. I think it's um, believing that I'm not capable of making money. And like I said, relying on other people for money. Um, and then I love what you said about self-trust. So I have my homework. <laughs> yep, I, I would definitely say uh, th th there is going to be some homework of exploration uh, to be had. So 100%. Um, perfect. Well, in that case, if you want to just close this off and let everybody know, you know, where to find you, who's the best person to find you, floor is yours for that. Yeah. Um, so my website is AV, as in my initials, Allison Verhalen. It is AVWritingServices.com. Um, yeah. And you can find all about my writing and SEO services there. Beautiful. Well, we'll include that in the uh, show notes. Uh, so, Allison, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, for everybody else listening, we'll see you on the next one.